The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Bullpen? Jeremy Guthrie doesn't need no stinking bullpen. Jay Guts goes nine. The Royals win four to three. The Royals win five to one on the road trip. The Royals move to 12 and three in their last 15. The Royals move to within two and a half games of Detroit, and the Royals currently sit in the lead for the second AL wildcard. What a road trip for the understatement of the century. Welcome into Clubhouse Conversation. Dave O on your dish. A five and one road trip for the Royals. That might be my first ever clap on Clubhouse Conversation. I think it is. Five and one on this road trip. I mean, we talked coming in that four and two was the goal. If you would have put a gun to my head, I probably would have said they'd go three and three. Honestly. I thought four and two was the goal. I thought it was possible. I don't know that I ever thought five and one was going to happen on this road trip. But the Royals did it. I mean, gosh, give them big credit. No doubt to me, the most important and the biggest road trip of the year. That's not really making too big of a statement. The later the year gets, the more important each series becomes, especially when you've got a seven-game juggernaut coming up with the Giants and the A's. We'll talk more about that here in a few minutes. But five and one on this road trip. And, and if you look back to Oakland, in that Saturday game, had the Royals' defense not played like the Bad News Bears in that fifth inning on that Saturday, the Royals may have gone 6-0 on this road trip. I mean, they lost, what, 8-3, to I believe it was, on Saturday, and the Royals make some plays defensively. Billy Butler catches a pop-up. Mike Moustakis turns a double play. You know, right there, probably saves you three to four runs minimum, if not more. So, anyway, that, that could have been different. The point is, what a trip the Royals had. Just awesome. And, and Jeremy Guthrie, let's start with him, because... The trip started with Guthrie. The trip ends with Guthrie. He started off out-dueling Sonny Gray with the help of his bullpen on Friday night in Oakland, one nothing, and he finished it by, well, finishing it, literally. The game tonight, the Royals come home with a completely rested bullpen, and with no days off for a couple of weeks, that is a giant to keep these guys fresh for as long as we can, especially your main guys, your main cogs out there. You have 100%. I mean, everybody's 100%, but especially having guys like Holland, Herrera, and Davis 100% rested up is just giant. No pun intended, but the Giants coming in. But Jeremy Guthrie putting the dagger into the Diamondbacks. Complete game. Two runs on seven hits. No walks. Four strikeouts. And obviously the most impressive stat is the last 19 hitters Guthrie faced, he got every single one of them out. The last 19, which means the Diamondbacks didn't have a base runner from the third inning on. Their last base hit was Jake Lamb's first MLB base hit. It was drove in a run and gave Arizona their second run. But no hits from then on for the Diamondbacks. That was in the bottom of the third. Guthrie moves to 8-9 and nine with a 4-3-5 ERA. Just really got locked in. Just I love the tempo he was pitching with. He just looked confident out there. He, he was pitching with conviction. Pitching more inside, which is always something Guthrie needs to do. So just a nice outing for Jeremy Guthrie. Great road trip for Jeremy Guthrie. And offensively, obviously the biggest hit of the night came from Alex Gordon in the second inning where once again, for the second straight night, the Royals hit a two-run homer in that second inning. Last night, Mike Moustakis did it, a two-run homer in the second. Tonight, Alex Gordon. The Royals hit five home runs in this series, and that put them 5-0 to zero ahead of the Diamondbacks. Arizona, not a single home run in this series. Pretty big deal. I mean, yeah, the Diamondbacks don't have you know the big slugger out there, but they still have Trumbo, Hill. I mean, they've got some guys that get the ball to the ballpark. Now, it's not a feared lineup. It's one of the worst, probably, five lineups in baseball at this very moment. 
but just a nice job by the Royals. Five nothing on home runs, which is a testament to their to their obviously their pitching, but also the Royals nearly got two home runs a game in the series. Sal Perez also had two RBIs and then two hits apiece for Nori, Moose, and Escobar. Four games in a row where the Royals got the job done offensively. If you go back to Oakland, did a nice job against Scott Casimir. Could have had a lot more against him. Did a nice job against him. But now let's get into the seven-game homestand and the series against the Giants in particular because this is where things get very, very interesting. Because what do the Royals do now? Where do they go from here? A couple of times this year, the Royals have had a chance coming home with momentum, such as the time they were 7 over 500 after that Detroit series, part of that 10-game winning streak. I mean, they came home with chances to extend that in front of big crowds, key chances to really make a move. Because kind of what the Royals have done is they've kind of dug holes for themselves twice this year. Now, granted, they weren't the deep holes from last year, but they were a few inches under the ground. And a couple of winning streaks and a couple of hot stretches have put them back right where they need to be for contention. But the Royals still have a ways to go. They're back above water now. They're back above ground. They're right there now. They're to the point now where they control their own destiny because you do have the wild card lead, albeit by just barely, but you've got the wild card lead. And you're only two and a half back in Detroit with six to go against them. So realistically, you pretty much control your own destiny from here on out. Most teams, and it can say that, I'm aware. But the point is the Royals have gotten themselves back on even footing where they can at least say now that they control their own destiny because they couldn't say that 10 days ago. You know, So the question now becomes, I just you hope they didn't use up all their steam and magic to get back to where they need to be to compete. They're now competing officially, no doubt. I mean... Obviously, they've never been eliminated this year. There was a couple times where they were pretty damn close. I mean, you and I both know that. Earlier in the season, and as recent as, what, two weeks ago. But they're right there. They're back where they need to be. But they need one more run now. They need one more push. They need to keep this going. And they come home with a chance to do that. But, gosh, they've got a tough series coming up with the Giants. This is, I mean, breaking this series down, it's, it's going to be tough. And then you got four against Oakland. Same thing. The goal has to be, obviously, four and three on this homestand. Anything more is just complete gravy. Three and four, you're okay with that. I mean, three and four, you can live with it. Four and three, though. You go four and three in this homestand, you probably lose a game on Detroit. You probably lose a game in the wild card. So you may leave town a game or, or sorry, a half game or, you know, a game and a half back in the wild card and maybe three and a half back in Detroit if you go four and three. But the point is, you've gotten through. You're back in the race. You're eight over 500 if you go four and three in this homestand. And you're through the toughest part of your schedule. After that, it looks really good. The Royals have a lot of weak teams, and the important thing is, I think the Yankees may be the Royals' biggest competition for that wild card. They've still got, what, four games left against the Yankees, I believe, and then you've got six against Detroit. So the good thing is you've got easy games, and other than that, you've got teams directly in front of you and a chance to make a move. So that's why I say you control your own destiny. So the Royals, the schedule really can't be much better after these seven games. So get through this four and three. Just stretch on the magic. They've got to keep it going because they're now back in it, but they need to get even more you know, games above 500. They didn't be, obviously, get that to 11, 12 games over 500 to start feeling pretty good, especially once you get through this little stretch here. But how are they going to do that? Let's look at the, the matchups here for the Giants. I do not like Friday night's matchup at all. I, I don't have a good feeling about the Royals versus Madison Bumgarner. I mean, it's going to take an absolute gem by Jason Vargas, who, what, had a, was it a perfect game, I believe, through four innings, as started earlier on this road trip. So, I mean... You know, that was that game, obviously, on Saturday. Really had it going there for a while and then just completely lost it, although the defense really helped out with that. But 
Jason Vargas against the Giants is going to be a tough matchup, and I, the, more than that, it's just the Royals against Madison Bumgarner. Bumgarner 13-8 and eight with a 3-2-1. The ERA is not – I mean, it's impressive, but he pitches in the NL, so I still always like to add .3 to .4, so he's more like a 3-6 guy probably in the AL, which is still impressive. But, I mean, the thing that worries me about him is he strikes guys out. And I know, I know, the Royals don't strike out a lot, but the problem is against guys that have big strikeout numbers, they're even more hacking than normal. And that usually doesn't work well for the Royals. And if they're hacking earlier, even if they're not striking out, they're not going to get him out of the game before the eighth inning. So 153 Ks for Bumgarner in 154 innings. He's nails. He strikes out a guy every single inning. Definite San Francisco edge tomorrow. I mean, if the Royals pull tomorrow, I'm not expecting them to win tomorrow, honestly. I mean, of course, I hope they do. Of course, I'm going to be upset if they lose. Of course, I want to win every game like the Royals do. But realistically, they're probably not going to win tomorrow night. Plus, they're kind of due for a, a loss. They're so hot right now. So the Royals get tomorrow, man, all bets are off. You get that game tomorrow, you're just white hot at that point and looking awesome if you get that win tomorrow. That's how big of an underdog I think the Royals are tomorrow. Saturday is a coin flip for me. Tim Hudson and James Shields, a pair of righties. Hudson having a great year, 8-8, eight and eight, a two seven four doesn't K many. Um, a coin flip for me because James Shields, while his numbers aren't as good right now, as Tim Hudson, he does pitch in the AL, and he has been pitching awesome lately. I mean, James Shields has turned it around, coming off, to me, perhaps his most impressive start of the year. So James Shields against Tim Hudson, coin flip. Probably got to find a way to win that game. Probably got to find a way to split the first two. I don't like our chances Friday. So that Saturday game, to me, is giant. No pun intended again. That Saturday game is the key game on this homestand. Because then Sunday, I give the Royals a pretty decent edge with Danny Duffy going up against Tim Lincecum. Duffy, two semi-shaky starts for him as far as pitch count being elevated, not getting as deep into games as he has been. I expect him to really rebound on Sunday. He's tough during the day. Duffy against Lincecum, it's not the same Tim Lincecum we saw a couple years ago. Obviously, he's always got the potential for no-hit stuff, as we see constantly, but... I mean, Tim Lincecum, 9-7, Again, 4-5, 4-6 in the AL. Not that impressive. 124 Ks, though, is in 134, so he still gets guys to miss bats. I give the Royals a decent edge, though, on Sunday. I think the Royals win that game on Sunday. So you, to me, you probably lose Friday. You probably win Sunday. And if you're going to go 4-3 and three in this homestand, you don't want to have to go 3-1 three and, three and one against Oakland. You want to go. You want to split Oakland. Splitting Oakland is pretty realistic, and that's probably the goal going into that series. So if you want the 4-3, and three, you got to find a way to get two, which it's, to me means the biggest game in this whole homestand is Saturday. Tim Hudson and James Shields circle that game on Saturday. If the Royals get that game on Saturday, they probably have a pretty good chance of going 4-3 and three on this homestand. If they don't, then probably 3-4 and four is the realistic best-case scenario. Now, it's baseball. Anything's possible, as we know, but that's just how I see it coming into this series. It's going to be interesting, though, guys. I mean, it really is. I mean, none of us have a clue what's going to happen now because we've seen this so many times where the Royals get about where they are, seven games over 500. I mean, we saw it literally one of the time earlier this year, but they get about where they are. They, they get out of the hole. They're right back in it. They've got the crowd. They've got the city behind them, and then they just falter, especially against good teams. I mean, sometimes it's bad teams. See the Houston Astros or the Minnesota Twins earlier this year, but I don't know what to expect. It's going to be exciting. It's, the, the, the key is, though, just go three and four, worst case. As long as they go three and four in this homestand, they'll be fine. But four and three is where you really need to get to keep that momentum and to keep even footing. You don't want to lose more than a game to a, you know, two games max is what you can afford to lose in this homestand. 
So there you go. Those are my thoughts here on Clubhouse Conversation. We'll be back with you again tomorrow night. I will not be able to do the game on Saturday. I'm completely missing the game on Saturday. That'll be the first game this year I, I don't get to watch, I think, on Saturday. Personal matter coming up on Saturday. But we will have the dish for you on Friday and Sunday. So we'll talk to you again tomorrow night. Also be looking first thing in the morning for an interview with Luke Hudson, 06 and 07 Royals pitcher. Should be posted around 11 a.m. Friday morning here on Clubhouse Conversation.